Welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast, featuring interviews with health and wellness professionals empowering you to take control of your health and happiness. Feel better, look better, and live better today by subscribing right now for new episodes every week. The Wellness Plus Podcast is brought to you by wellnessplus.tv and made possible by the generous donations of Psyche Truth Patreon supporters. Now here's your host, Certified Holistic Health Coach, Karina Rachel. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast. I'm your host, Karina Rachel, and I'm joined today by Dr. Paola Bruno. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So you are a licensed acupuncturist, a former university professor, Mm -hmm. and while we were chatting at the beginning, you started talking about, you know, uh, yoga instructor, Reiki practitioner, Asian body work. Can you just kind of go through a little... A list of your backgrounds. Absolutely. So the the joke is I'm the Hermione Granger for the, the Harry Potter people of holistic health. So when I switched careers, I got myself certified to teach yoga. I am a certified personal trainer with extra certification for sports nutrition. I am a health coach. Um, I am a Reiki, second level Reiki practitioner. And last but not least, which also goes along with being a licensed acupuncturist, I am an Asian bodywork therapist. Mm-hmm. And we'll go, we'll probably go into that a little bit more, but Twina is Chinese medical massage. And in Texas, if you're going to practice this form of massage, doesn't matter if you are um, an acupuncturist or not, you have to be certified. It's a separate Okay. Separate thing. So all of those things and then the acupuncture. Definitely. Can you talk a little bit about what led you to acupuncture? Like what was your initial interest to go into this area? Absolutely. So in my um, uh, pharmaceuticals class or my pharmacology class, one of the, the ways we learned about the way people react to medicine there are people who are a portion of, of people who are uh, canaries in the coal mine. So if there is a wretched side effect to be had, they get it. Mm. Other people on the far end of the, the spectrum are garbage dumps. You can give them any pharmaceutical. They never have a nasty side effect. And most people are in the middle. Right. I'm on this side. If there is, I'm, I'm the, I, I need to speak and not gesture. Um, <laughs> but I am on the canary in the coal mine side. So if I take a pharmaceutical drug, I will always get the nasty, rare, mm. horrendous side effect. So Western medicine just never helped me. Mm. And so many uh, people who go to acupuncture school are like that. They just fall in the category of they get something weird, medical mystery. It just doesn't help them. So right. they start looking, and then they fall in love because it's just such wonderful medicine. Definitely. Can you maybe speak a little bit about some of the common um, ailments or issues that come into your clinic? Absolutely. So chronic pain is a big one for acupuncturists. All acupuncturists will work on chronic pain. Anxiety is another thing that uh, traditional Chinese medicine um, helps with considerably. Mm -hmm. Um, Fertility is another one, male and female. 
post-cancer care is another mm. one. So some things patients will have, they have their primary care team. So if you have cancer, for instance, um, the after effects of the chemotherapy and the mm. radiation and all the things that a person undergoes to try and work through that, you go to the acupuncturist to cool you down, help with the pain, stuff like that. So there's right. lots of stuff. I could keep you here for headaches, <laughs> allergies. In Austin, mm. allergies. Lots of allergies yep. around here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I have very limited experience with acupuncture. I received a little bit of acupuncture on my ear um, many years ago. Um, But I know for a lot of people, the fear is of the needles. And I was hoping maybe you could talk a little bit about... (laughs) needles, absolutely. And that's, you're right. Most people, if you stop someone on the street and say, have you tried acupuncture? And they haven't. And you say, are you interested? Oh, I'm scared of the needles. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be scared of the needles. I actually brought some needles, and I understand this is a podcast, so I'm going to describe these needles, and then people who go to the YouTube and watch on the YouTube can actually see. So there are super tiny hand needles that are roughly the size of your fingernail. Well, those are so tiny, I can barely even see the needle itself. Um, Very tiny. (laughs) It's like maybe not even the length of my fingernail, honestly. That's about that. And so for those, for instance, what I use those the most, and we can talk about this as things progress, um, is facial rejuvenation. So Mm. if you're working on somebody's wrinkles on thin, thin facial skin... You use the real tiny ones. These ones here are a little bit longer. So those are about the distance of the tip of your finger to the first knuckle. So they're they're a little bit bigger than the fingernail, but not so much bigger. Mm-hmm. And those that size is typically used for ear acupuncture. Okay. Also, if you're working on the face... And then I use those on people who have never had acupuncture before, and maybe they're a little scared of the needles, mm-hmm. just to give them a start with something real gentle. This one is a little more typical. Um, it's about maybe the length of, you know, maybe two inches or so. Um, you use that size on um, maybe larger muscles, not real big. And then I brought this as a joke because really the reality is the one that's about the length of your hand for large muscles. So if you get a really big person mm. um, with sciatica and you're putting, you know, in the buttock or the thigh there, you use a longer needle. This is not usual. Okay. Yeah, but <laughs> normally, we're, if we're talking the big guys for sciatica, it's about this size. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the reason why I brought And you could imagine that if you had, you know, a really muscular person with a really, you know, because the glutes and yeah, hamstrings and yeah. stuff, I mean, those are big, big muscles. So right. you could understandably would need <laughs> something a little bit more intense. Absolutely. But if we look, if we just look at that, you see there's a variety of sizes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Pardon me. Variety of sizes, a variety of thicknesses, and your practitioner's going to listen to you. If you've never had acupuncture before, 
we really don't bring the big guns out to scare you. Mm. We'll bring out the little ones. We maybe we'll do less needles. Right. You don't need a ton of needles to affect a wonderful cure. Okay. And then how deep into the skin do they usually go? And I guess it would vary depending on the needle. It really depends on what you're trying to do. So if you have, for instance, like I said, you know, the buttock or the thigh, where we're working big needles, maybe it's going to go in three or four inches. Um, but those are big muscles, and you just pop that needle right in, and it goes right in, and it doesn't hurt. Um, the ones that hurt are things like on the fingers, mm. um, the toes. Like if you're working on the little areas, but you really would not do that on someone's first. Like, you want to build trust with people. Right. There are other things you can do without popping the needles in spots where you already know that you have to say, okay, right. breathe in, and as you breathe out, I'm going to put that needle in, and it'll be over before you know it. That's not how you start. <laughs> so very yeah. easy to adapt to someone who has some fears oh, or a little absolutely, apprehension. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then can you just talk a little bit about, I guess, the the science behind acupuncture? Like exactly sure. what is being, um, you know, created through the use of the needles? Absolutely. So people may have heard of chi or energy, um, balance. So what I try and do with people who have maybe never tried acupuncture or they don't know anything about uh, traditional Chinese medicine is like a bilingual classroom where you're speaking both languages. Mm. I try and help people to see it in a way that makes sense. So in Chinese medicine, what matters is balance. In Western medicine, we talk about homeostasis. Mm -hmm. So not too much of one thing, not too little of the other. You want that right balance of just enough of whatever the qualities, right? Mm -hmm. So you put that needle in and... There's a micro, micro, micro trauma. Maybe there's going to be a release of endorphins. Um, you can loosen up a tight muscle. Most people have heard of dry needling by now. You needle into, in Chinese medicine, rather than a trigger point, mm -hmm. you say ashi point. So ashi point is just aha right here. Ouch, that's the one that hurts. And you put the needle in, and it loosens up that tight spot. Okay. So that there's a good flow there. And that is how you affect the cure. Okay. Yeah, just get things moving. And then you have this wonderful ear here. <laughs> Can ear. we talk about this gigantic <laughs> ear? It's about the size of my hand, and it appears to have um, a bunch of little points on it. And, um, you know, we see teeth toes, <laughs> tonsil, yeah, yeah. Um, small intestine, large intestine. Can you talk a little bit about this? Absolutely. So the magic ear, um, I use this when people come in and say, okay, I could, we could do a full hour or three on the magic ear of wonder. Um, <laughs> auricular, auricular therapy, ear acupuncture is but one way that we can treat somebody. And what the way that, so say someone comes in and they have shoulder pain or anxiety or what have you, um, you can treat them on the ear. 
Wow. Right? And the ears, and these are the ones, the little guys that you would put in the ear. So I'll just start before we get off into the, the maybe less tangible things. The military uses ear acupuncture. They use not a oh. protocol. Um, they use um, the ear, the ear treatment, um, um, battlefield acupuncture. So if someone's injured, they can you know put the needle in. So treating the ear is um, widely used in, in quite a few venues. If you're trying to quit smoking, mm. for instance. Or uh, you've decided to make a change and, and stop drinking or release yourself from addiction. It's a five-needle protocol called not a protocol that you put the, you know, just five needles, you put them in the ear. It helps calm cravings. It wow. helps settle the emotions. Really outstandingly wonderful. And so what I often do with ear stuff is if someone is needle timid, um, they just aren't quite convinced, I will bring out the ear and I'll <laughs> talk to them about, you know, if I put um, a seed, an ear seed, and I'll, I'll show you, an ear seed right here, this helps you feel calmer. And you can wear that ear seed home and rub the air seed and it stimulates the nerves and will wow. help settle you down. And so the air seeds, this is a little palette of, of seeds. It looks like a band-aid. On the other side, there's an actual seed. Okay. It's so tiny, though. It's it looks like maybe a little, um, you know, a sesame seed or something. Exactly. <laughs> it's tiny. They're really, really super small. And so, and I can take this off for you and you can take a look yourself. Um, but I'll show people, you, you just can put this ear seed right on the ear here, and it stimulates points. So that's one way. Another great thing wow. about the ear, the ear treatment is if a person wants to lose weight, um, you can put uh, ear seeds on so that, that, you know, they go home and they have food cravings and they can massage the ear seed and it helps wow. them to... Um, sort of lessen the food cravings. So the ear is really exciting. And then what I personally use ear stuff besides weight loss, because I do work with weight loss people, is um, I do a lot of work with Ehlers-Danlos people. Mm -hmm. And that is a genetic disease and it affects collagen production in youth. Oh, wow. So hypermobility syndrome, but really extreme. Mm. So this population may or may not work well with the ear seat. I'm sorry, the um, acupuncture needles. So rather than put a bunch of needles in the shoulder, put a, one needle in the ear mm. and that will affect the shoulder. You've heard of reflexology in the feet, right? Mm -hmm. Same idea. You're treating a distal area instead of the local spot. Wow. And so, so and it's interesting because as, you know, I'm looking at this ear, there's, you know, the abdomen, the buttock, um, sciatic nerve right yeah. here, like mm -hmm. up in the little crest yeah. where interestingly, yeah, man, so interesting. So in the feet and then also in the hands, right? Yeah. Is there also kind of this like representation of the entire body? Oh, Can you talk a little absolutely. bit about how that works and maybe how did they even discover that? <laughs> um, you know, 
Chinese scholarship, Chinese medical scholarship is really dependent on observation mm. and the practice. And so Chinese medicine, record of Chinese medicine goes back to the Stone Age. Wow. We could, we could have a conversation that goes on forever about that. But they are absolute masters at using the body as a as part of your body yourself is part of the big picture mm. so as is the universe so are you everything is the little version of something bigger right oh. it's all really relational so what's super exciting then the feet are thrilling and so are the hands um Oh, I could just go on forever. Um, <laughs> but when you treat someone, for instance, the feet, um, you can... Gosh, where do you even start? Okay, I do a lot of footwork. Um, for instance, if a person has um, a Morton's neuroma, which is that, you know, um, um, painful in between the, the second and the third toes, mm. bunched up muscle around a nerve, and it hurts like crazy and feels like there's a pebble in the shoe. That is a concrete ailment that can send someone to the podiatrist. Maybe they get a shot. Maybe they end up having to get a surgery. There's no need to mm. do that. You can you can go and get either acupuncture, twina, which is the manual bodywork therapy. Mm -hmm. um, there's lots to be done with that. Or as with reflexology, um, for instance, it's real common to get between the, the fourth and the fifth toe right here. Um, and that area, um, will, working on that area will help with the... Um, neck and the shoulders mm. so I'll say oh does this hurt and the person says yes and I work on it and then they sit up and they say wow my neck feels so much better wow <laughs> it's amazing it's amazing and so hands are super exciting because for one thing okay the skeleton is a beautiful thing if you ever have a chance to look at a skeleton the skeleton is a marble. <laughs> so finger bones, foot bones and finger bones are just gorgeous. But what makes the hands so thrilling, hands are so full of nerves. They're so mm, vulnerable. Right. Hands are such, such beautiful things. So working on someone's hands, you can so soothe them in so many ways. Mm -hmm. You can do so many things for a person with their hands. So hands and feet are wonderful. And ears are the same way. You... You work on a part for the whole, and there's a distal effect elsewhere. Wow. <laughs> um, and then you have a lot of other little interesting items here. Are these also for use with acupuncture? Or? Absolutely. So going from acupuncture is the needles, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're putting a needle in someone, that is acupuncture. Traditional Chinese medicine is so much more than just acupuncture. We have dietary therapy, so how well you're eating, what you're eating, keeping mm -hmm. your gut healthy. There is herbal treatment, including moxibustion. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, Twina is the manual therapy similar to getting a massage. That's a big one. Um, qigong, breath work, so energy, moving the energy. Mm -hmm. Like you think um, in the United States, most people, they think about energy work. 
um, they immediately think about yoga. And yoga is marvelous, don't get me wrong, but Chinese medicine has its own form of, of breath and body movement, mm. and so that would be qigong and tai chi. Very cool. So, lots of ways to keep yourself healthy. So this, these are cupping instruments, and I only brought three. This is one, so it's got a big bulb, they're small, mm -hmm. um, and they're glass, and there's not going to be, here, you want to give me your arm? There's not going to be a whole heck of a lot of sections, you see that? Okay. So this is for the face, generally. And what you do with these cups is move lymph, you can smooth mm. wrinkles, so there's not a whole heck of a lot of suction to them. Right. Um, they're, they're primarily going to be for moving body fluid and contouring. Really nice. Interesting. This one, if you want to give me the arm, um, let's see, it's a little bit, doesn't want to go <laughs> in. So let me, uh, I, let's see if I Maybe can like the inside or... There you go. It's more for up on the neck. Oh, there so, we go. There you go. Yeah. So what you've got there, so you, it looks like you got a little bit of stasis, a silicone cup. You can just pop that puppy on, and it um, releases tension. It gets the blood moving. Um, it's a pulling therapy, and this one here, I didn't bring It actually on. feels really good, too. Oh, they feel wonderful, yeah. Exactly. And so this is like what Michael Phelps was getting, right? Precisely. With the cups, and then you get the, Precisely. you have the big circles. Okay. You have the big circle. So there's silicone cups, there's air pump cups. I didn't bring um, fire cupping. You see where they put the little fire mm. and they pop it on, and so you can move all of these around. These are marvelous for, I'm going to put this on our little model so I can get some, <laughs> some air treatment. Um, these are marvelous for muscle tension, for uh, stress. Um, mm. If you have neck pain, absolutely wonderful. Um, this one, for instance, you put it on someone's abdomen, you oil the abdomen, and you can move it along. Really wonderful oh, wow. for um, intestinal health, digestion, you want to lose some weight, stuff like that. So that, Interesting. These, are, these are super nice. Um, and so these would be the facial ones, and these are other facial instruments, if you're interested in talking about that right this moment. Or we can continue. Um, yeah, well, I think we're going to do an entire... Facial routine. Yeah, an entire discussion on skincare and beauty. But okay. let's, yeah, let's move back into the acupuncture. Absolutely. And can you maybe just, you know, give us a... Uh, like an example, so to speak, of like working with someone and exactly how the acupuncture is able to um, help them, or maybe an example of a patient you've worked with or something. Sure. Let's see. Oh, gosh. We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash truth where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychetruth. That's patreon.com slash p-s-y-c-h-e 
T-R-U-T-H. Some that I had in student clinics. So this was when you go to acupuncture school, um, it is, if you fast track yourself, it's about three and a half years. Mm. If you go at regular pace, it's about four years. So we're in school quite a while. Right. And I, when I told my dentist about our program, he said, well, you had about as much biomedicine as, as I did, and we do get a lot of biomedicine. Mm -hmm. And then in Texas, you have four uh, pretty grueling board exams, and then you get to be an acupuncturist. So we also have rather lengthy student clinic. Mm -hmm. So let me talk to you about student clinic. So, a real common one that I would get would be insomnia. Mm. Someone comes in and they just, for whatever reason, monkey mind, um, actual, they have stuff to worry about. Mm -hmm. um, it could be digestive problems. So, you sit and you ask the person, digestion. Uh, your mood, um, your your sleep, obviously, your hair, because the sleep isn't good. And you figure out what is the syndrome. So Chinese medicine is less interested, in a way, in chief complaint, I can't sleep, and more interested in mm. all the factors, the hand of cards that leads you to, right. I can't sleep. So once we establish all of that then we would make a point prescription specific to why this person can't sleep. Mm. Then there are some particular points that you will always put for sleep. So there are a couple on either side right behind the ears. Um, that bump, if you feel this bump right behind your ear, yeah. right about there. <laughs> so if, in fact, if you can't sleep, Massaging from your ears sort of towards the back of your occipital ridge can calm you down and help you a little bit. I have a little bit of tenderness in that spot on That's this side. A very common spot to have tenderness. Interesting. So you specifically target areas that will help a person sleep. Another real good one. And this is this this would be familiar if you go to yoga class mm -hmm. and the teacher talks about the third eye. Well, in Chinese medicine, that's yin chong. So you probably are going to put something here, which is real calming, and put another one right up at the top of the head, um, at the hairline. So you're soothing and calming and just relaxing the person. Mm -hmm. And then the nice thing there are some very gentle herbal formulas. So there's one shui on that I will prescribe for people that you only take for a few days. If you're one of these people that you get on a, a, an insomnia cycle and you're more revved up every night and you just mm. can't break it. It makes it harder and harder to sleep. And somehow the more exhausted you get, it's like it's making it more difficult to sleep. It's a very... <laughs> Very unfortunate place to be in, but I think all of us have experienced that at one time or another. Exactly, exactly. So for someone like that, um, this mild herbal formula that 
it's not like Ambien where the next day you wake up and you're dragging mm. and it's, you know, intended Or to, you're sleep shopping. Or you're sleep shopping. So something like that. Or there's um, a really nice tincture, Zisyphus tincture, that if you have emotional difficulty and you're teary and, mm. you know, stressed out, um, you know, it's just a simple tincture. So we figure out why you can't sleep. Um, we, we work around those issues mm-hmm. and then we also put specific points for sleep. Interesting. Well, it's really interesting also that you, you know, if somebody comes in with a certain symptom, it's not just immediately like, oh, this symptom, here's this treatment that we do. There's this whole kind of unfolding process of putting all of the little pieces in and figuring out, you know, well, that symptom has been in the making for a long time. So let's try to figure out, like, what led you to this point. Um, So unfortunately, you know, we don't often have a a way of checking in with our bodies, you know. And so by the time that a problem actually manifests enough to, you know, we're going to take time off work so we can go to a doctor or we can do whatever, like at that point, the problem has already probably been there. for who knows how long and it's just taken this much time before the problem is bad enough that you actually can you know elicit the person to go and do something about it so trying to find that underlying cause or root cause I mean that's a very big kind of theme for us here on the podcast Um, so that definitely makes me feel better as well with the acupuncture that you know even this is is customized to your personal issues and what you're going through Absolutely. And one of the things that comes up over and over in our classes and then even in our board exams and then later in our practices, do you treat the root or do you treat the branch? Mm. So if a person comes in with um, a cough, am I more concerned, which is the chicken or the egg? Right. So I make the chicken first or the egg my, my, my focus. And so do you work with the root of the problem or the branch? Mm. And it, you know, how you decide depends on things like is this acute, is it chronic, is your patient older and, and weakened by their illness? Um, there are a lot of factors and right. every single person is individual. Mm. So you really take that time to listen and mm-hmm. get the whole story. And then what is a, and I understand that's going to be different from person to person, but sure. if you could generalize like, you know, what is the duration of treatment or frequency? Like they come in once a week or they come in once a month. Mm-hmm. Do they do this for several years? Or, I mean, what's kind of the common um, thing among your patients? That is a wonderful question. And you know what? A lot of people want to know that. How long does it take and how many treatments? And what I say to people is acupuncture tends to be a slower, or traditional Chinese medicine tends to be slower, although you do sometimes have the aha cures. I'll tell you a great story about that. Um, really cute. But anyway, um, but yeah, you do usually have uh, a series of treatments rather than just one in Mm -hmm. most cases. Um, Generally, if you have a long-term problem, um, you don't start seeing results till the third or fourth. So anytime you have an appointment, 
you probably will leave feeling calmer mm-hmm. and feeling better. But it, especially if it's really long term, you're looking at more treatments. And right. so it depends on what the person wants. Mm-hmm. If a person has lots of stuff going on um, and really wants the results, I'll say come in twice a week for four weeks. Or I need to see you for 12, 12 weeks and we're going to be making a lot of changes in diet and you know, mm, this, this, and that. Right. But my real cute story, when I was... So when you start in student clinic, you have a resident to help you because, you know, you're probably just as scared as the patient when you first (laughs) begin. So, and mind you, I had went over a thousand clinical internship hours. Oh yes. We're very, they they keep their eyes on us. Mm -hmm. So the first, one of my very first treatments, the patient came in with really bad laryngitis, very swollen throat, really red, Mm. a lot of pain. And the resident said, oh, bleed the tips of his ears. <laughs> okay, I had practiced that in treatment, you know, needling class on friends, but I had never, and bleeding, I'll tell you, you just, you take a slightly thicker needle, you just pop, and it's great for varicose veins, um, mm. edema, there's a lot of things you can do with a mild you just taken a little bit of blood, you're not slicing someone up right. like the medieval period. So I said, oh, you know, I didn't quite know what to do because, I, you know, Harry was already just doing this was exciting. So she said, oh, come on, you can do it. So we get, you know, we get the instruments and I, I massage the guy's ears and I, I tap away and I get some blood out of him thinking, oh, and, you know, you have to wear the gloves and, and, and it was pretty nerve wracking. But the exciting thing was his, and it surprised even me, okay, his throat was instantly better. No more swollen, no more red. And I had to sit there and pretend like I expected (laughs) And believe me, I was as surprised as he was. But because, you know, I'd never done that before. I was just a wow, but it was great. It was wow. absolutely wonderful. And the fact of the matter is, if you ever have a really hideous sore throat, you can go into your acupuncturist. What they do, what what you do is, you get this little lancets that uh, a diabetic person taps their mm-hmm. this little blood from the finger, and they'll massage the tip of your ear and just take. You know, there's a certain spot on your ear on the cartilage, and you get it so that there'll be some blood and you just tap away and you get two or three drops of blood right at the right spot and boom, it is like magic. Wow. Can you explain how? And can you maybe show me on the ear? It really depends on what's going on, but generally it's right at the top there. Okay. So yeah. Interesting. It really, really depends. So it's not something you want to try at home if you've got the lancet. No. Um, but I wonder if even like massaging the ear a little bit. Potentially, potentially that. I mean, might and when work. you have a sore throat, I mean, yeah. I'll try anything. So yeah. I will definitely. Actually, one of our um, employees right now is having a sore throat, so I can't wait to get done. We can tell her yeah, <laughs> to try that. Potentially, potentially. So it's right at the top here. My guess is probably the heat rises in your body because mm. you're inflamed, and for letting out just a little bit of heat 
at this particular area would would work pretty well. Wow. And then you, you know, we've got like the lymph nodes and everything. I mean, there's so, so much kind of going on around the throat and everything, not to mention our brain (laughs) up in our head. You know, there's so many like kind of delicate things going on in that area that you can kind of, um, you know, see how just allowing more movement or something through all those fluids. Um, I use this analogy sometimes, um, encouraging people to, to do more exercise or just get movement. Like a big thing for me is that I know that for people who are sedentary, the idea of like doing a really intense workout or doing a really long workout, I mean, that's, it's it's kind of scary, right? Yes, and it's yes. kind of, you know, whatever. So I just try to encourage people. It doesn't have to – don't even call it a workout. Don't even call it exercise. Just move around. Take a walk, whatever. But anyway, so I use this analogy of um, like if you're walking through a forest and you look over and you see this stagnant stream. Yes. And it's mossy and it's disgusting and you could probably smell – that stagnant little pond or whatever, like as you're approaching it. And then if you turn to the other side and you see a flowing stream and the water is clear and you can see right down to the bottom and like this is why we want to move our bodies and help our lymph fluid not be stagnant, help, you know, we can talk about blood flow and all these other things. So kind of thinking about that, like inflammation of the throat and laryngitis or something, you just have this like stagnancy creating. So this will resonate with Austin people. Think about Mopac. (laughs) So you're driving on North Mopac from South and that, that one point before you get off for Cesar Chavez or maybe Camp Mabry. Yeah, and field is always and crazy field. right there. Like this just giant pileup of cars. Where it's just not moving. Mm. That stasis right there. Mm. Or when you have a horrendous, um, you know, like you're at 5 o'clock and, and nothing is moving. Right. And you're like, well, I'll just sit here and... <laughs> you know, same thing, same idea. So you just get stuff moving once again. Wow. Fantastic. So with that particular example, you said mm-hmm. there was maybe like two or three little droplets of blood, yeah, like similar to when you take, you know, do a blood test or something exactly. like that. Mm-hmm. With, you know, the rest of the acupuncture, is there usually blood? No, 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 no. Um, So one of the things that, again, we are really highly trained. There's none of this weekend seminar kind of things. Right. Right. We are highly, highly trained. So we have needle technique class. We have the supervised internship. One of the, um, we have to be clean needle. Oh, this is important for people to know. Back in the old days, the needles were reusable. I don't think that ever happened in the United States, but... Um, for acupuncture in the United States, these are single-use needles, mm-hmm. and we have a case or you know a thing on the wall to put uh, medical waste, and we have to take and be, become certified in clean needle technique, mm. right? So not only are you going to get a sterile 
um, experience with a single-use needle, we also have to know where veins are, arteries are, mm -hmm. all of all of the important stuff. So we're not popping a needle in into anything major. Right. Sometimes you might get a capillary, especially if you do facial rejuvenation, acupuncture. Um, there might be some slight bruising. I really wish I had taken a picture. I go to my teacher two times a month for acupuncture. That's my vacation. <laughs> I've been going to him for a good four and a half years now. And I'm going to say he's probably left me with three bruises that whole time. And one of the times he treated me, he left me with a um, big one like it was a big like half dollar size nasty looking bruise but you have to figure in four and a half years mm -hmm. and so I showed I was showing my patients because people will say you know do is there going to be a bruise and I'll say oh you know I got one and that was one of I think three and many years of going to a highly probably school. hundreds of needles exactly. over the course of that time hundreds so the chance of, you know, you're, you're not going to pop a needle in a big vein or artery. Mm -hmm. uh, we definitely, we even get asked about that on board exams. Right. So, um, and if you do get a little bruise, it will go away quickly. Right. Yeah, you just don't get the, the big old. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, looking at these needles... I mean, I like. I think a sewing needle is bigger than these oh, needles. Yes. Oh, I yeah. mean, like they're so tiny, you can hard like you can barely even see the actual needle itself. Yeah. You can see the little part, you know, for you to to hold it, the little handle on the end, so to speak. But the actual needles themselves, I mean, they're teeny, yep. teeny, tiny. Mm -hmm. um, so not so typically, not a lot of blood, not a lot of bruising, no. oh, not a lot of um, you know. And it's just interesting because. You know, so much of the, um, you know, kind of modern medical approach, I mean, it's very invasive. Yes. You know, we're talking surgery. We're talking, oh, we have to remove your spleen. I mean, they removed my mother's spleen. No. And I tried really hard to not let that happen. But um, she had hemolytic anemia. And I mean, I think it's a long a long, you know, story that brought her up to that point. But I mean, they and they took her spleen. Another friend, you know, they took his mom's thyroid. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've known so many people that like they that literally go in and remove an entire yes. organ of your body. I mean, talk about invasive. So, you know, I've had someone say before, well, acupuncture is invasive too. And I said, well, these needles are yeah. tiny. They're barely even, you know, going into you. I was like, you can't compare that to opening someone's stomach up and going in and taking out an organ. I mean, that's just not even the same ballpark in terms of, you know, being invasive, being a trauma yeah. to the body. Like you kind of mentioned that this is like a micro, micro trauma, micro. you know, yeah. um, but it's, it's just kind of interesting how people are, you know, really come to accept really, really invasive options if yes. they're coming from the mainstream and, you know, yet there's still all of this, you know, kind of fear around things that are really much less invasive just because they're different, yes. you know, just because yes. they're, they're new or whatever. So, yes, um, 
So yeah, I'm definitely, as I'm actually looking at these needles, I'm going, yeah, I don't think that would be so bad. And I do not like needles. I mean, that's why I've never really had acupuncture before. (laughs) So. And, you know, I've known lots of people over the years that have gotten acupuncture for different things. Um, Mm -hmm. And several of them, like I I had one friend that was having like hand and wrist issues. And she had been going to doctors for years and had all of this inflammation in her wrist and they couldn't figure it out. And she finally was like, I'm just going to go and try it. My friend told me, you know, that her friend is an acupuncturist. And she went and she said after the very first visit, she immediately noticed that it was like less swollen, it was less painful, and I mean, she just was amazed, amazed by it. Um, so it's definitely something that I, I know personally, lots of people who, well yeah, it. who have done really, really well with it. Um, so you talked about sleep or insomnia. Yeah. Um, so I can tell you on the subject of wrists, I can give you another lovely story. This was super exciting. I mentioned to you I treat musicians rather a lot, mm-hmm. so I have a real nice musician clientele. But what got me on to hands was, and this is another student clinic story, I had a patient who was a hair cutter who thought that they were going to have to retire because no doctor could figure out what was going on with their wrist. So mm. they were going to do surgery and say carpal tunnel and this one, that one. And my teacher, um, his specialty is traumatic injury. And he trained me in Twina. And his thing is he just jams his, I call it the Chinese iron thumb of doom, jams his Chinese iron thumb of doom in a spot and says, do you have tender spot? And the person says, ah, yes. And that's the magic spot. And so this person came in and said, oh, my wrist, my wrist, my wrist. And I said, oh, yeah, okay. And I palpated. And I said, wait a minute. And I went up the arm and I said, do you have a tender spot right here in the elbow? And they just about went off the table and said, yes. And then I did heated herbal treatment, which is moxibustion. And you set the herb, you, you light it, and you warm the tissue. And then mm. you do some massaging. And it changed the whole trajectory after the first treatment. They felt wow. wonderful after by the third treatment. They were no longer thinking that they had to retire from a job that they loved. Wow. And so they sent several of their hair cutter friends in. So I had quite a few hair care professionals um, as a student, which in turn got me on the musicians because, you know, the hands mm-hmm. and the shoulders super important. Um, but all the... You know, these, this this first patient's doctor had was, well, maybe surgery, uh, we don't know, you yeah. know, maybe you're going to have to take early retirement. Hmm. No, all it took was some warm herbs. Wow. And, you know, so another thing I'm kind of gathering here is that it sounds like a lot of times when people come into you, um, the acupuncture is just a part. Of oh, yes. the treatment they're receiving. It sounds mm-hmm. like there's a lot of, you'd mentioned um, the herbs, maybe working okay. with them on diet, maybe using the Twina or some of these other things. Is that pretty typical among oh, yes. your patients? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, if you have skin conditions, if you're not sleeping, if your mood is dreadful, generally that can be traced back to gut health. 
Mm. Um, currently, Western medicine talks a lot about gut health, microbiome, um, plaques in the brain for Alzheimer, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Chinese medicine has described this for thousands of years. So mm. you will talk about in Chinese medicine phlegm or dampness, um, but all of it is traced back to gut health. Wow. Right? And so if someone comes in and, as I said, one thing that Chinese medicine is fantastic with is uh, random rashes, you know, idiopathic mm. urticaria, um, skin conditions. Generally, there's something with the diet there. You find mm. out what is going on that's inflaming that person internally, and you uninflame it. And wow. boy, suddenly the skin is a lot better. Interesting. You know? So, same thing with mood. Um, if your gut is healthy, generally you're going to be, you know, in a much better mood. Interesting. So, health comes from the gut for sure. And as you mentioned, exercise. Mm. You do not have to be out there uh, running the marathon. You do not have to, you know, do extreme things, but get up and do a little something. Mm-hmm. There is a really nice, I cannot remember her name, um, YouTube video woman who does chair workouts. And I have some older patients mm. who, quite frankly, are not going to be out there doing the aerobics class or the Zumba right. or this or that. But chair stuff. And she's mm-hmm. peppy and... She talks through the whole thing, and it's over before you know it, and 20 minutes have passed, and your heart rate's gotten up a little yeah. bit. There is something for everything. Mm-hmm. So when you go in for your TCM appointment, you may get some acupuncture. You may get herbal treatment. We may talk to you about anxiety and calming down. Um, you may loosen the tight muscles. There's a lot of different things to do. Mm-hmm. So it's not that one single right. You know, mm-hmm. and it's your whole life. It's your lifestyle. Right. What are some other common, or like maybe I can ask this, what, what would you say is the most common ailment that you see? I know you talked initially about chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Would you say that that's the most common among your patients or? Well, for me, just based on, on for one thing, I treat Ehlers-Danlos, the collagen disorder, the mm-hmm. genetic disorder. And so I have a good number of those patients. Right. That's a rare disease. So I'm not usual usual in that that is what I treat. Um, Skin conditions, acupuncture, and traditional Chinese medicine is fantastic for skin conditions. And skin is exciting. (laughs) Your skin tells the story of you to there. I treat a lot of pain. Yeah. And that's because I started before I got licensed. Um, I got myself certified to practice Twina while I was still in school. Mm. So I've been practicing outside of school for almost four years now. And then when I got my acupuncture license, which was recent, because um, I had to go through board exams. Oh, board exams. Um, <laughs> and then the whole licensing process. Um If you are in a state like Texas, you can be assured that your acupuncturist has been highly trained Mm. and rigorously tested. Some states don't have a lot of regulation, but boy, many of them do. California, 
New Mexico, Florida, Texas, um, and California and Florida, your acupuncturist can be your primary care physician. Wow. I like them apples. <laughs> so, but anyway, so I treat a lot of pain. I do a lot of skin stuff. Um, um, anxiety is another one that I see a lot of weight. Mm. Um, and I do men's health, interestingly enough. I do, um, I work with a variety of issues that tend to be uh, related to men's health. So, mm. but um, your average acupuncturist, just, you know, if you're just generalizing about acupuncture, pain, anxiety, allergies, insomnia, um, fertility is a big one. Yeah. Fertility is a big one. Um, PTSD is another issue. Gut health, if you have gut problems, allergies, skin, mm -hmm. all of that. Absolutely. Wow. Mm -hmm. Headaches. And so you talked a bit about how you can use the needles to, you know, um, kind of encourage a muscle to let go a muscle that's tight. Mm -hmm. um, is that kind of what's going on when you talked about like finding the tender spots? I'd mentioned that, you know, when yeah. you mentioned the spot behind the ear and I started touching it and it's, it's definitely more tender or more just not sharp pain, but just a little bit more painful on, on my right side than on my left. You know, what is that tender spot telling you? <laughs> well, or why is it tender? Sure, yeah. So it could be a lot of things. Like in, in any any question you ask about Chinese medicine, the answer is first, it depends. <laughs> so if the, for instance, there's tension or shortness, maybe you sit with your phone, um, you're, mm. you're like this, or tech neck, that's, that's a real big one. Um, so function. How you use your body um, can make a difference between whether something hurts or is it moving. That's one. Um, nutrition, how healthy something is, how well, if there's a good blood flow, if there's a correct lymph flow, are things moving? So not every acupuncture needle is there to loosen up a tight muscle. Okay. You can be moving um, chi, oxygen, blood, neurotransmitters, um, you know, varying hormones. So it really kind of depends. But the common thing that would bring somebody in for acupuncture would be function, the way you sit, um, the repetitive movement that you do. Mm. Um, if you've had an injury, for instance, oftentimes... A person will have a sports injury and they think that they've gotten it fixed and the PT says it's fixed and it doesn't hurt that bad but what ends up happening is 10 years down the line because they've compensated and they didn't notice they compensated mm. there ends up being an elsewhere type problem Wow! at the kinetic chain right, right. and that's interesting we actually um, just had a yoga teacher recently who was talking oh, about that um, she had had a, 
injury to her ACL. I can't remember which leg it was, but anyways, and so she was like putting her weight on her other leg, yes, but exactly. without, without, you know, really being aware of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then she started to notice that she was having these imbalances and, and she was able to trace it back to that injury that she had had. Yes. So it was like these kind of self-protective tendencies that come in. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that can actually, you know, kind of throw you out of balance Yes. Because now you're, you know, like you said, you're putting your weight on one leg instead of another. Or in the case of the repetitive motions of the hairdresser um, and musicians as well. Like as a guitar player, I'm sitting there listening to you and I'm going, oh, yeah, repetitive motions. And I get these recurring kind of pains in the same places. So, you know, and the thing about repetitive motions, it's like we all do them. Yes. Um, and I think helping p- bring people's awareness to their repetitive motions and their repetitive postures is a really good, like, first place to start. And yeah. then you just start noticing, like, oh, I always cross this leg yes. over the other leg. I'm doing it right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I always, you know, I always shift my weight on this side or the other. Or, yeah, like you said, if you're holding your phone and, you know, yeah. but we, we just kind of get caught in these things. Or when I'm driving, sometimes I'll notice that I'll... I'll put my right arm down on the console and then my whole body is just completely off kilter or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can really see how those things can, you know, yeah, like create these areas of tension or you just have this one muscle that becomes really tight as a result of, you know, doing the same motion over and over and over. Precisely. Or, for instance, if a person has broken a bone, Mm. Um, I have super sensitive hands, so oftentimes if I'm palpating someone, um, doesn't surprise me as much anymore, but it did when I started palpitating and suddenly I'll feel kind of this jolt in my fingers and say, oh, what happened right here? And the person will say, oh, I broke that. I broke my arm right there. Wow. So the body holds memories and that... I think is the best thing about traditional Chinese medicine is it's very observational. You look at the person's complexion, you look at how they walk, you, you know, then you do your palpation, you ask all these questions, and one way or the other, there will be some way to be able to say, this is where this started for this person this is what is going on here. And we either are going to treat the branch or we're going to treat the root, but we mm. know where the root is and we know where the branch is. Right. And it's not just this one thing. So you're not just saying, okay, I'm going to grab that symptom and take it away and make it go. We say, oh, let's switch things around and the body will heal itself. Chinese medicine wants to make you be able to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. The podcast you are listening to was brought to you by wellnessplus.tv, a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health and happiness. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to our extensive library, including hundreds of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage therapy tutorials, weight loss information, guided meditations, educational health videos, and so much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today by visiting wellnessplus.tv. What are the things that prevent 
our bodies from healing themselves. And I know we've talked a lot already about like the dietary issues and all of that. So, for instance, say, okay, all emotions are natural and human and we've got them, right? Mm-hmm. But if you have too much of an emotion and it become, becomes a real intrinsic part of your character, like being angry or being sad or um, worrying, let's take worrying. So somebody who worries all the time... Um, in Chinese medicine, we talk about, oh, that injures the spleen, that hurts the digestion, mm. right? Worrying. Or grief will hurt the lungs. And if you think about this, so you're grieving and you're crying a lot. You're like, <gasps> that, I mean, that wheezing, heaving, mm. right? So what when, when you have um, an emotion that's just stuck with you, Eventually, it will start reflecting itself in the body. It will start manifesting physically. There is Mm. no disconnection between body and mind in Chinese medicine, right? And so helping people to calm down and center with maybe some Qigong, um, the movement, right? Right. Or calming them down, relaxing their muscles, moving the chi and the blood and the oxygen a little bit settles things down, warming them up, um, changing the diet. All of these things help the body to reestablish a balance so there's not too much of one thing. Mm. And then health returns. Right. That makes good sense. Yeah. And this whole idea of you know, balance, homeostasis. I mean, I can think about, you know, just kind of our world right now. I mean, yes. it's fast paced. We're always rushing around. We're always sitting in traffic. There's always this big weight of like, you should be doing more. You should be accomplishing more. You didn't get enough done. I mean, it's incredibly, I mean, it just feels like a big weight on your shoulders. And I think that it's, you know, just looking at, at our, our culture, at least here in the United States, it's like very unbalanced. There's really not an emphasis on, I mean, now yoga has become really popular because I think there's been a need for, you know, an area that just focuses on calming you, relaxing you, doing things that help you feel good, getting people physically moving, breathing, breathing, um, you know, but in, and in Austin, we're kind of in this little, um, you know, this little uh, bubble, I feel like, where there's, you know, there's a yoga studio on almost every corner. We're a very, like, health and wellness-minded city. Yeah. Um, but I know that that's not the norm, so to right. speak. And, you know, the idea that our culture doesn't really give us permission to slow down and relax and when we get like a week of vacation or whatever, like things we get these little holidays here and there. But yeah, you're still working, yeah. and and you know I don't know what it is about our culture that makes us feel like we like have to be doing more and we have to be working all the time or whatever. But it's created this, you know, clear imbalance where everyone's stressed out all the time. Yes. No one is doing the self care things to take care of themselves, and then. If you talk about the food industry and all of that stuff, I mean, you know, I mean, the, it's it's a very unbalanced, you know, um, environment that we're in. 
So it seems perfectly understandable that our bodies become imbalanced in this. Like we're eating too much processed foods. We spend too much time indoors around technology and the radiation and whatever all these things are. Not enough time outside. Not enough time relaxing. Um, You know, where you look at other cultures and there's, you know, longer vacations or there's a siesta in the middle of the day where, like, you're supposed to go and relax. And we just really don't have any concept of that, I feel. And um, so this concept of the body becoming imbalanced seems like really a logical result of the environment that most of us are living in right now. You are correct. Yep, that is absolutely true. And what I will say to that is that, again, when you go for your TCM appointment, your practitioner will help you identify areas to help you to restore some balance in your life. And a lot of times, just getting permission to take a little bit of better care of yourself Mm -hmm. can make a difference for a person. What I really notice is people want to be listened to. Um, They want to come in. They don't want to be judged. They just want to be listened to. And Mm -hmm. it might be that... So if your favorite Spanish professor in the world became a TCM practitioner... (laughs) Me! So I love educating people. So when you come in for an appointment, and most people do, most, most TCM practitioners... You know, we we will listen to you, talk to you, and help you with some good advice for outside the session. So, mm-hmm. for instance, a lot of, and MDs will admit this, they don't necessarily get dietary therapy lessons in med school. They have so much else to learn. Right. And it's not a priority for Western medicine. It really isn't. If you care about nutrition, you probably become a, um, a nutritionist, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to be an, uh, an MD or a surgeon, you don't. Right. Right. So having someone come in and listen to them and talk to them and then say, you know, here are some things that you can eat. Here's some good food ideas for you. Let's let's give you some tools so that you are empowered. Mm. You can heal yourself. Yeah. That is a successful treatment. Mm-hmm. It's not just taking away the problem. It's helping that patient so that they can be independent. Mm-hmm. And teaching them, Absolutely. you know, um, which is, you know, as you mentioned, you know, people, we want to learn. And if there's something we can do to help ourselves, I mean, yes. most people want to know that. Yes. Um, and, you know, I think that there's just so much um, frustration that kind of comes out of, you know, uh, being in that mainstream environment where they're really not sending you home with things you can do or other pieces of the puzzle, so to speak. Um, And that not only, you know, makes people feel, you know, helpless. So they maybe don't realize that there's things they can do. Um, And, you know, interestingly enough, I think that 
you know, our entire, I mean, certainly like the YouTube channel and this whole podcast, it's all about empowering people um, to know that actually there's a lot you can do. Yes. And a lot of these things are really simple. Yes. Like breathing more, taking a walk, getting yeah. more sleep. You know, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, some kind of crazy complex recommendation. Yeah. Um, so I love that that's a, you know, a kind of a focal point of your appointment, so to speak, oh, you know, empowering the patient to know that, hey, here's these other things you can do. So even after they leave the appointment, it's like they're still reaping those different benefits. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel successful when my patients don't need me. <laughs> that is a successful, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and sometimes that'll take, you know, more appointments and sometimes, but I love to, I love to explain things for one thing, um, <laughs> but I, I really, it's wonderful to see somebody begin to, to, regain their power to find that power mm -hmm. and to build it and say wait a minute I'm not helpless I can do stuff about mm -hmm. my, my condition right and it's not going to take pharmaceutical drugs now some things you need the pharmaceutical drugs for instance um, if many of the just because of society being as it is things like bipolar schizophrenia it's important for people to maintain their meds. Right? Mm -hmm. um, things like HIV, they have very good medication to keep a person's viral load down to nothing. Mm -hmm. Cancer. If you've got cancer, um, I think that it's probably in your best interest to have a team and listen yeah. to your MD. So... Some of it, 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 the big ones, the real big ones, it's, for instance, my EDS people, some of them have rheumatologists, cardiologists, I mean, they have so many comorbidities. I am there to help with pain and anxiety. Mm. I can help with um, gut health. Right. And by helping with pain and anxiety and gut health, they go into their, their primary team appointment so much better off and so much more empowered. And mm. I've had patients, too, where they've come to me and they're on all these meds, and I say, okay, I want you, here's some questions, you take those questions to your MD, and you see about the answers to those questions. Can this be changed? And they come back afterward, and the MD has said, wow, I wish... All my patients came to me with questions like this. Mm. This was a great question. And my response to that is, how could the patient know that? Yeah. The patient doesn't know about the medicine and this one and that one. It's up to the practitioner to listen to the patient and hear what does this patient get and where are the gaps in this person's knowledge? Mm -hmm. So that books, for instance, and if I'm talking about, oh, this muscle or that muscle, I'll open the book and say, do you see this right here? This is where it hurts you, and this is why it hurts you. 
This is what it looks like. I even have a wonderful picture with dissections. Now, <laughs> not everybody wants to look at dissections, and I don't whip that one out until I know that the person would be <laughs> over it. But, you know, nothing, you know, it's things like that. It's, yeah. it's saying, okay, you know, there's a variety of ways to work with this issue. Here's another thing. Some people um, with diabetes, they're on metformin, um, for whatever reason, they can't, they cannot be compliant in the sense that, and you mentioned it about exercise, not everybody can go to yoga class, change their whole diet, um, become peace, love, and groovy, um, do all these things. So the reality is they're probably going to be on the metformin forever, and it would be nice if they could change their diet, become calmer, do this, that, and other. It's just not available to that person. Mm -hmm. So does that mean they're a lost cause and they're not worth helping? No. What that means is you do with that person what you can, maybe if they have foot ulcers or... Um, uh, diabetic neuropathy where the nerves really hurt mm. there's stuff that you can do for pain and circulation and so on and so forth and you work with that Right. so there's no judgment it's important to work with each person where they are mm -hmm. and maybe they will be able to change their diet at some point and become calmer and maybe that's just not going to happen but that person still deserves to be their healthiest most right. empowered most knowledgeable that they want to be mm -hmm. and that's what your TCM practitioner is there for right and I think so much of um you know that resistance to changing the diet or whatever I mean a lot of that um is perfectly understandable if yeah. people are kind of stuck in a place of pain or yeah. whatever. So I think in a lot of ways, um, being able to help them just inc improve the quality of life, yep. reduce the stress level, reduce the pain or whatever, maybe that lifts the... Um, Rising ship. Yeah, you know, lifts yeah. them up to put them in a position where now they actually can look at those other things and be able to start saying, oh, well, maybe I can make this change or that change or whatever. But for people who are under that, I mean, I kind of think about like a big heavy weighted blanket of yeah. pain or anxiety or frustration and confusion, you know, whatever you can do to kind of just lift that lift up a little it. bit, make a little bit of wiggle room for them to start embracing some of those changes and, um, you know, may, maybe that unfolds into, you know, even more healing or whatever. Um, yes. But even if it's just an improvement in your quality of life, yeah. I mean, that is worth so much. Um, and certainly for the people who are experiencing those issues, I think that, you know, you see that glimmer of hope um, or, or whatever, you know, and that alone is enough to say, yeah, you'll try something new. Yes, I'll, exactly. You know, Reach out, try something new, try something different. Different. The inspiration and the sense that there are other options can tremendously change things for people. And I think this, for instance, with weight loss. Obesity nowadays is a tremendous problem. Mm -hmm. um, and you really don't have to be skinny to be healthy. I, work, I do a lot with uh, weight loss people. Not to try and turn them into some skinny ideal, 
But again, most bodies have a set point that that body wants to be at, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're eating too much and your stress level's horrendous and your hormones are out of whack and you maybe are on meds that are blimping you out or whatever mm. the case may be, cutting carbs isn't going to do it, right? Giving right. yourself this vicious restrictive diet isn't going to do it. So what you can do with TCM is, sure, acupuncture, put some needles in the abdomen. Um, you can put needles in the ear. There's a wide variety of acupuncture. Then you work on the gut health and the stress level, and you teach a little bit about diet. Um, and generally, at that point, the person starts to feel better. Mm. And they're feeling better, and their stress level is lower, and suddenly the bloat is going away, and their gut feels better. And little by little, incrementally, things change, and then suddenly they're at a healthy weight before they knew it. And they didn't have to do some Crazy diet. cabbage soup diet, something or other. Exactly, exactly. And they don't feel terrible about themselves. Mm. And what's important is it's sustainable change. It's right. change that a person can live with. Mm -hmm. And the important thing with diet is, and I tell people this, okay, if you cannot give up cheese, we're going to work around that. Eating a lot of dairy is going to give you mucus and phlegm, not great for you. But if you cannot live a happy life without your cheese, let's work around this. <laughs> it's being realistic. Right. And then if you cut out the things that they're willing to cut out. And again, move at a reasonable pace. And before you know it, the person will want to be doing this because mm. they see that they feel great. Right. And it's working. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's giving that power to the individual. Right. The power is, is, sure, I went to school all these years. Yes, I am a former professor and I know things. Granted, I'm the one in position, uh, possession of the needle. But the reality is, and the herbal prescription, but the reality is it's you, the patient, living in your body, in your environment, mm -hmm. that has the power to become and remain healthy. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. Um, I want to thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Oh, I have learned so much from you. And like I said, I'm actually willing to face my fear of needles a little bit because you've definitely piqued my interest. I definitely will. And um, like I said, I want to thank you so much for being oh, here. Really looking forward to our next chat. I think we were going to talk about um, some of the beauty and skincare oh, topics. That would be so much fun, yes. I think that is so wonderful because it's definitely a hot topic, yeah. something that lots of people are interested in. But unfortunately, a lot of the different you know, Botox and this and no, oh, I mean, there's just so many, um, again, with the like kind of invasive traumatic options um, and, uh, you know, cosmetic surgery and all this. So I loved that you um, have a, again, like a natural approach. So I was hoping we could do, you know, talking about um, traditional Chinese medicine for 
beauty, skincare, etc. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. It. Thank you for having me here. I appreciate it. Definitely. I look forward to having you back on the program. I want to thank all of you for tuning in to the Wellness Plus podcast. I hope that you will join us again soon. If you'd like to learn more about Dr. Paula Bruno, you can visit twoheartswellness.com. You can also find the video versions of these podcasts on wellnessplus.tv. Or if you sign up to become one of our Patreon supporters, we also provide the video versions of these podcasts for our patrons as well. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you again soon. The Wellness Plus Podcast. Copyright 2018. Target Public Media, LLC. All rights reserved.